the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, all that I mean. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, now, for an age of all ages, I mean. Good morning, and uh, it's a blessing to be here in St. Mina, in Hamilton. And, um, uh, for the Feast of the Ascension, which we celebrated last Thursday. So the first 40 days of the Holy 50, you see in the liturgies, in every single liturgy, we go in the procession around the whole church, but in the 10 days, we have the, the procession only in the sanctuary. And in the sanctuary, in Jerusalem, that's where the disciples waited, and they stayed, listening to the commandments of the Lord, until they received the Holy Spirit. And all of us, when we were born, through the, the baptism, when we were baptized, we received that gift of the Holy Spirit. And we begin to grow, day by day, in the likeness of God. We begin to grow day by day in the Christian virtuous life. We begin to acquire the Christian virtues and gifts from the Holy Spirit. And these gifts, St. Paul, three of them are the greatest. Out of all the gifts that God can give us, three of them are the greatest. And I'm sure we all know them. What are the three greatest gifts? And just to give you a hint, he said one of them is greater than the other two. Faith, hope, and love. Perfect. Faith, hope, and love. And just like the disciples today, we think we have it all figured out. The disciples came to Christ, and in this whole discussion with Him, they said, now you're speaking plainly. And no one needs questioning you. No one needs to ask you questions. You see, they weren't asking him questions to receive answers. What were they doing? They were asking questions to make sure he knows, to test him. But now they, they said, now we know you're speaking plainly, and no one needs to question, to ask questions. And just like the disciples at that time, we live our lives thinking we understand faith, hope, and love, and how faith, hope, and love work. But I want to tell you this morning that faith, hope, and love um, has a different definition in the world. And sometimes that worldly definition of faith, hope, and love seeps into our hearts, seeps into our minds, and we begin to treat faith, hope, and love as the world does. Faith, the world sees it as the belief of the gullible. You know what gullible people are? People who believe anything. That's how the world sees faith. Faith is based on things you cannot prove, Things you are unsure of, but you're told that they exist, so you believe in them. Like, you know, unicorns and, and uh, fairy tales and the Easter bunny. This is how the world sees faith. But in Christianity, we see faith much different. The world sees hope different also than the way we see it in Christianity. The world sees hope as wishful thinking. You just close your eyes so hard, and you wish that something exists, and poof, your hope makes whatever you wish for exist. This is wishful thinking. But in Christianity, our hope isn't in something that we want to exist. It's in a reality. It's in a reality that we hope we're able to participate in. The reality of the resurrection of the Lord. And finally, love. Love has all sorts of meanings in the world. Love has, and it's used to sell 
ideas and to push forward agendas that has nothing to do with love. That has nothing to do with love. Love in the world, like you see things, like it's, uh, it's all commercialized. Like in, on Valentine's Day, that's the day of love. That day, you better buy something nice to the person you love. Otherwise, you get in trouble. Right? Otherwise, you don't really love them. But is that really love? Love, is, it, love has become this thing that is so fragile. This lesser virgin of its glorious self. This is how the world presents love. And the three are connected. In the same way, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are one. Faith and hope without love, faith and hope without love are no good. They're weak. They're robbed of their power. Hope and love without faith, they're unguided. They're untrue. And faith and love without hope, well, this is a little bit more tricky. Because we focus more on faith and hope uh, and love. And hope is this vague notion that we leave really unchecked, somewhere in the middle. But I'm going to talk about the three today. I'm going to talk about these three today. Faith is very important for us to understand that it's something that we begin our journey with as Christians and end it. Way, way long time ago, there was someone who wanted to become a monk. So at the age of 16, he left 16 years old. Any 16 year olds here? 16? Yes? Okay. So by your age, he left everything and everyone he loved and he went into the wilderness. He went in the monastery and he became a monk. And he was discipled under other monks who are very experienced in the ways of monasticism, of asceticism, in the ways of prayer and worship, in the ways of fighting with the devil. And he did very well. And he stayed there for years, for decades. He was a monk for 40 years. And towards the end of his life, a friend of him, another monk, in a nearby monastery, asked him to write down a few notes, a few thoughts, that could be helpful to the monks in this other monastery. So he wrote down a few things, and these few things became an instant Christian classic. Everyone in the world reads it. Everyone in the world loves it. East, West, everyone loves this thing and reads it. This is called um, the Ladder of Divine Ascent. And the person I'm talking about, anyone knows? Anyone knows who I'm talking about? St. John Climatus, or St. John of the Divine Ascent. So St. John, towards the end of his life, wrote this to his friend, the abbot of another monastery. And the way he wrote it, he structured the book based on the vision that Jacob saw in the wilderness, the ladder that, that goes from earth and extends all the way to heaven. And he wrote it as if the ladder has 30 steps. And he said, this is the virtuous life, the Christian life. We start with step one, and we progress from one to two, and so forth, all the way to step number 30. Now, where would you place faith, hope, and love on this ladder? He said, faith, hope, and love are Christian virtues that we need to cultivate, we need to work on. Would you put them at the beginning? Would you put them in the middle? Would you put them at the end? Would you put them together or separate? 
Does one come before the other two? What he did is that he put them all together as one step. And he put them at the last step. He said, after you're done working on everything, then you can begin to perfect faith, hope, and love. And at the same time, you cannot begin your journey without faith, hope, and love. This is the foundation of every step. This is the foundation of the Christian life. Uh, the Christian life. Faith, hope, and love. And after we begin, we shouldn't stay with faith, hope, and love that we began with. We need to continue to work on it. We need to continue to perfect it until we reach that step number 30, where it's perfected. <clears throat> now, faith isn't just um, us Christians taking the Bible as a sort of manifesto, something to follow, something to read, something to believe in as a creed, and a list of do's and don'ts, and that's it. Our faith is much deeper than that. Our faith is in Christ Himself. Our faith is in Christ. In the Bible, this is our encounter with Christ. In the Bible, we encounter the resurrected Lord. It's not just about do this and don't do this. The Bible is that encounter with Christ. And that's where our faith is. Our faith is in Christ Himself. And that's what we need to continue to work on, to perfect that faith, to perfect that encounter. Our prayer life is not us just standing, giving God a list of things that we want, a list of things that we're worried about. Prayer is you and me realizing that we are standing in the presence of God. If you have nothing to say, that's even better. Just you standing, being in the presence of God. This is prayer. This is the prayer for life. This is how we can uh, fulfill that commandment from St. Paul in Thessalonians when he says, pray without ceasing. Pray all the time. We pray all the time. Because all the time we are in the presence of God and if we only realize it, then we're prayerful. Faith is our belief in Christ and not just belief in Him. That He existed, that He came and He did a, a whole bunch of things and died on the cross and resurrection, all that stuff. Faith is deeper than that. Faith is the trust in, in Christ Himself. When we trust in Christ, it means we have faith in Him. Not just simply we know His story, we know what He did, we know what He said, everybody knows that. St. James talks about how even the demons believe and tremble. The demons themselves, they know all the stuff we know. It's not about this knowledge of what Christ did, it's about faith being trust in Him. Trust and the ability to follow Him. The ability to sacrifice everything to be with the one. Hope. Hope is this lost middle child. Any middle children here? The middle child? Middle child. The neglected middle child. The, the, the eldest and the youngest, they have their position in the family established. The one in the middle, somewhere in the middle. is usually getting lost. But don't worry about the middle child, because they know how to get their way. They know how to manage things. They know how to get things done. So, this middle child, Hope, um, as I believe is a 19th century poet, who um, wrote a poem of faith, hope, and love as three sisters. And this is what he says. Faith and love are older. Hope is the youngest and smallest of the three. 
Little Hope moves forward in between her two older sisters, and one hardly notices her. On the path to salvation, on the earthly path, on the rocky path of salvation, on the interminable road, on the road in between her two sisters, Little Hope pushes on. And no one pays attention, the Christian people don't pay attention except to the two other sisters. But it is she, that little one, who carries them all. Because faith sees only what is, but she sees what will be. Hope, charity, or love, loves only what is, but hope loves what will be. Hope is that engine that drives faith, that drives us to love. Without hope, we find that faith and love are hard, hard to live by. Without hope, we find that faith and love, we begin very strong, but then we quit very soon. Hope is very important. And not just hope, not just this worldly idea that we know we live in a sort of wishful thinking, hoping that you know one day things will be better. Hope is the knowledge that things uh, are different, that we participate in a reality that was brought into being through the resurrection of the Lord. This is what our hope is. And finally, love. Love today has become so fragile, has become very weak. Love today has to be protected by laws, by rules, because without these laws and rules and regulations, love is not going to be able to survive, because it's so weak. Unless someone tells me I have to love this person, I won't be able to love him. That's how the world thinks anyways. In the eyes of the world, love is this very fragile thing that you have to protect from abuse. You have to protect from hate. Love is very weak. It's not strong at all. Not strong enough to stand on its own two feet. You have to protect it. Christ coming into the world made virtue different than all the other philosophers who came before him. All the people who came before him thought about virtue and the virtuous life as something internal. How you live, how you decide to live, how you make decisions. Choosing good, not choosing bad. But Christ came and said, virtue doesn't exist inside you, it exists in the interaction you have with the other. You've heard it was said, love your neighbor, hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemy. One of the saintly fathers of the 4th century said, we learn, or we know how, very easily, to turn the other cheek. In a very stoic fashion, we stand and we just turn the other cheek when someone slaps us. But it is very hard to learn to love the person who slaps. And this is what we need to work on. Back in the day, in Europe mainly, every house had this empty room. This extra room with a bed and a table, some food, candle. They had this room because anybody who came knocking on their door, asking for help, asking for a place to stay, they knock on the door, I have nowhere to go. They show them to the empty room, to the guest room, and they stay there. People were able to show love directly to one another. 
But as things progressed, as time moved forward, we began to create these kinds of systems and institutions. So instead, we begin to create like charities almost. These charities, they deal with the poor people. I give money to the charity, and they deal with the poor people. So if somebody comes to me, just go to the charity. I give them the money, so I don't deal with them directly. Now, I mean, if anybody shows up at my door in the middle of the night and knocks on the door and uh, says, I have nowhere to go, it's going to be hard. Should I call the cops or what should I do? Direct them, you know what, there's a shelter down the road. Go and they'll take care of you. These things are good to help people, but at the same time, they robbed us of this direct experience direct experience of love, showing love to the stranger. Now, instead of um, love between me and the stranger, there's mistrust, there's fear. I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know what she's going to do. Should I trust him? Should I trust her? There's this fear and, and mistrust. Love, if we don't experience it, if we simply talk about it, it becomes very fragile. It becomes an, just an idea, just a thought. Faith, hope, and love. These are what we need to work on every day, constantly, in order to grow them. Knowing and understanding that without one of them being there, the other two are weak. The other two are ineffectual. They do not exist. We're just fooling ourselves. Faith, hope, and love. To Him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Oh, it's a joy to know.